Mark chapter number 6 is where we'll be in the Scriptures. And uh, if you are visiting with us today, please do come back and spend some time with us. And uh, this is a unique, very unique service that uh, God allows us to be able to have. And we've been planning uh, for a day like this. Uh, we've been, we mentioned it to our church all the way back in the spring, around March or April. And uh, so we're looking forward to this, this uh, afternoon. Stay around, have a cup of coffee with us, and um, we're going to partake of the Lord's table and have communion together this afternoon at the 12 o'clock service. And uh, we're looking forward to that. So you'll want to stay around and uh, take communion with us. And then uh, we'll be able to give the announcement. Um, and listen, I'll say this. I, I don't count this. I don't know what's going on. And uh, Brother John Bunnell, our treasurer, and uh, he said, you want me to slip you a piece of paper? And I said, no. And I said, uh, I'm just going to call you up. And I said, you make the announcement. And I said, I'll find out when everybody else finds out. And uh, we're so looking forward to it and all that the Lord's going to do. And uh, we're thankful for it. And so let me say in advance, thank you uh, for being faithful to the Lord and uh, giving your heart and life into the ministry here. Amen. Well, if you found Mark chapter 6, we'll stand for the reading of the Word of God if you're able to. If not, that's perfectly fine. Mark chapter number 6. And uh, I've made mention of this for several months, but this is, this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And when I thought about today and what this day was, I thought about the feeding of the 5,000 and the five loaves and two fishes and, uh, and, and what God did with that miracle uh, through that. And so we're going to look at that. And I've entitled the message this morning simply this, little is much, little is much. Now, reminding us of this, everything in God's economy is just about upside down from this world's economy. Okay, and so when we say little is much in the world, they would say no, much is much. <laughs> but in God's economy, it's amazing what God can do with a little bit as opposed to having a whole bunch. Mark chapter 6, we're going to start reading verse number 34. The Bible says, And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were a sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away, that they may go into the country round about and into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. He answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, Shall we go and buy two hundred penny worth of bread and give them to eat? He saith unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they say five and two fishes. Can you imagine that? I mean, the Bible's going to tell us in a little while. There's 5,000 men that are here. And the disciples go out and he says, Well, find out how much you have. He comes back and says, We've got five loaves. Oh, and we got two fishes too. 
Five loaves, two fishes. Here's what Jesus said, verse 39. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when they had taken the five loaves and two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and break the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes. And they that did eat of the loaves were about 5,000 men. Now, a parallel passage of scripture that tells us this says that there was 5,000 men besides the women and children. And so some were estimating as high as maybe ten or 15,000 people that were seated there. And I thought the Lord even commanded and gave them a comfortable seat. How many prefer sitting on green grass instead of brown and dried out grass? Set them down on the green grass. Comfortable out there. God did this great miracle with five loaves, two fishes. Let's have a word of prayer and then we're going to look at this passage of Scripture and maybe God will encourage us with it today. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for the day that we're able to have together. And as we look into the Scriptures, Lord, I pray that you would encourage us. But Lord, most of all, would you increase our faith on some of the things that we may say is unknown. I don't understand all of this. I don't know this. But Lord, would you increase our faith to be able to trust you because we read things like this in the Bible. Lord, would you have your will and way? Thank you for everything that you are doing in our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This is probably one of the most well-known and miraculous accounts that we read throughout the New Testament of the feeding of the 5,000. Now, we always stand in awe, and I always do, when I sit back and think about exactly how this miracle was accomplished just out on a hillside. It wasn't as my mom was when we were growing up and there were always extra people to be able to feed my mother every Sunday afternoon. There wasn't going out to eat on Sundays. It was usually chicken because chicken was about the cheapest and she had it. She could program the stove to make sure that's where the old saying came. If the preacher went too long, then the roast was burning back at the house. Okay. And, uh, she'd program the stove and it was baked chicken and the stove would come on, would get home and it was either chicken and green beans or chicken and corn. And we usually had a, a, a vegetable or two to go with it, but it was very rarely a Sunday that my dad, he was the pastor of the church, wouldn't look over at my mom and say, we got enough chicken, we can invite so-and-so over to the house, can't we? How many ever grew up in that household that if there were ever more people coming over, they just poured more water into the soup? And it would just make it go a whole lot further. And what was supposed to be a good chicken soup, the last one on the end never knew that it was chicken. And they just knew that it was a broth that they were having because all of it was dipped out all the way down through and finally get to the end of it. And they just eaten soup broth. That's because an extra quart worth of water was poured in there and heated up to be able to make it go a whole lot further. Can you imagine how it was? Now, listen, remember, this is a real story that takes place. 
that Jesus is out there and he's teaching this multitude that's out on this hillside and he looks at his disciples because it's supper time and the disciples are wanting to send them away. And so I want to share a few things as I look at this passage of scripture and identify a few things as we come down through here and really encourage us. I'm not looking to feed 5,000 people, by the way, okay? There's others here that have that ability. They could, they could take care of that logistic-wise. But first of all, I want us to identify a spiritual need that is seen in their lives. You say, well, I don't think it's so much a spiritual need as they were hungry. That's a physical need. Well, there's a reason I started reading at verse number 34 in this passage of scripture is because Jesus came out and saw the multitude and the Bible says that he was moved with compassion toward them. And he began teaching them many things. Long before there was ever a physical need in these people's lives, there was a spiritual need that Jesus saw and said, we need to take care of. Now, if we were to take the time and go over this account is also in John chapter number six. But if we were to take the time to read over there, we would understand from the context of Scripture that this was actually on their day off. And so Jesus and his disciples, they were actually going into a desert place to be able to relax and be able to spend some time together because they'd been working, they'd been laboring, they'd been ministering, but they get out into this desert place and this multitude has followed them out there. And I thought, some have said this week, I I sure hope that you disconnected as I was, we were on vacation for this past week. And I said, you know, I said, that's wonderful. I said, but no matter where I go, I said, my heart's still in Concord. And you could still go back and look at the number of text messages that were sent and phone calls that were made over this past week. You know why? Just touching base with where our heart is. And here Jesus is out here and he sees this multitude that's gathered together and he sees the need that is there. It's a spiritual need. And even on his day off, he sits there and begins to teach them many things. He identified, listen, they look like sheep having no shepherd. Do you know what happens when the shepherd is away and the sheep are just there in the field? The Bible teaches us that, that the sheep scatter. They run a whole bunch of different places, kind of like it is when the pastor's out of town on vacation, right? Well, it's a great Sunday for everybody else to be out of town, and we'll go because pastor's not going to be there. He said, they're as sheep having no shepherd, and I thought the spiritual need the Lord always saw beyond just what was the physical on the outside and saying, listen, there's something deeper here that these people need. Now, you know as well as I do, I'm not against feeding people. I enjoy feeding. In fact, ever since Brother Matthew and Brother Tim Kessler got me hooked on using my smoker, we've been feeding people left and right. In fact, I got to contact our our sheriff's uh, deputy this week to say, hey, what's a good day for us to bring some smoked pork by the sheriff's deputy, by the sheriff's office up there in Merrimack? What's a good day to do it? Because I already talked to him two weeks ago and he said, any day is a good day. And I said, well, I said, I'll get with you when I get back in town. And I said, we'll feed all the sheriff's deputies. He said, I'll be looking forward to it. You know, I'm not against feeding people. 
Can I say this? We better be realizing that there is a spiritual need that is out there a whole lot more. Even Jesus said it. Listen, the poor you will have with you always. Have you found out that it doesn't matter how many people you feed? It doesn't matter how many pairs of shoes you put on people's feet, how many clothes that you put on people? There's always another need next week. There's always some, that's a constant thing that's taking place. But Jesus identified a spiritual need that was here long before he identified a physical need that was there. Everything in our lives should stem from the spiritual aspect and that fulfillment in someone else's life. Now, I have found out this. There were several times as we traveled overseas, especially when we got into West Africa, there were times we'd go over there and and we did special days like feed the prisoners. And you say, well, can you do that over there? They get one meal a day in some of these countries that we were going into. And so we'd take the finances over there and... uh, you might not even eat what we took in there to provide for them. We'd put the order in ahead of time and, and we'd order by the thousands just, just meat pies. Don't ask me what type of meat. But it was, it was meat pies and, and they were just pieces of, of, of dough that, that would be open and they'd put a chunk of meat in there, kind of ground up something, hopefully hamburger or something like that, and then just fold it over. That would be deep fried. We'd buy them things by the thousands. And boy, we'd walk inside those prisons, and boy, you'd think we were in there handing out T-bone steaks. I mean, they'd come by, we're handing food out, we'd buy Coca-Colas and orange Fantas and, and uh, take those in, and, and, and piles of, of a, it'd been years since some of them had, had a Coca-Cola. And we'd hand them things out. Listen, that was some of the biggest church services we ever had. Hey, it's the same way back in America. You announce that there's a lunch afterwards. How many are coming? It's amazing. Our Thursday morning service, how much our attendance goes up when we're having potluck. Now, listen, I'm all for feeding people, but boy, Jesus understood here there's a spiritual need that people have. There's something on the inside that people are lacking and they're longing for long after that one meal will dissolve inside them. And Jesus sat down and began teaching them. But then I want you to understand the place that they were in. They were in an isolated place. An isolated place. You say, what do you mean? Well, the Bible says that they were in a desert place. You can actually go over there. I've never been over to Israel. I'd like to go sometime and be able to see this. But they say you can actually walk into this place and be able to see how desert it is where Jesus would have them to be able to sit down and be able to feed the 5,000 besides women and children. And there's a reason the disciples said, would you send them away and let them go into the villages round about us? He'd been teaching all day long. He'd been getting towards supper time and this isolated place. Listen, they couldn't call up and order a thousand pepperoni pizzas to be able to feed everybody. Hey, it gets easy on us today. We're like, hey, what are we going to do? We'll just order 10 more pizzas if we need to. I mean, we'll just go, we'll, we'll just go get some more fried chicken. It's so close. We can run up the road here. That's not how it was. The disciples came to Jesus. And here's what was on the disciples' heart. Send them away. Now, I believe with all compassion of their hearts, they're saying, Lord, you've been teaching all day. 
You talk about Jesus being a long-winded preacher. It's getting towards supper time. Lord, you need to let them go. They need to find something to eat. But there was something in the Lord saying, why don't you feed them? Why don't you take care of it? Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this right now, but I believe there's a reason that Jesus looked at the disciples and said, give ye them to eat. Looked at the disciples and said, feed them. You say, well, they were in the same desert place. Yes, but you go over to this same account in the book of Luke, and there's a little phrase when the disciples answered Jesus in the book of Luke, when Jesus said, give ye them to eat. You know what the disciples said? We have no more. They said, we have no more. Now, what does it mean if we don't have any more? They must have had something to start with, right? If we have no more. I, be- I believe this as you look, look down throughout the scriptures and you can speculate on, on how you think it took place, but I think the disciples knew it was going to be a long day. How many of you know it's going to be a long day? You take your lunch with you. I believe the disciples knew that it was going to be a long day. I believe they took their lunch with them. And I believe at some point, probably just like regular church members, the preacher's up there preaching, Jesus is teaching, they slip off there behind a rock and they go eat their lunch saying, boys, I've been waiting all morning long. I need to go eat. My sugar's getting low. I need to do that. And, And they slip over there and I think they go off and eat. And then it comes towards evening time. Jesus knows they had food and says, well, why don't you give them something to eat? They said, we don't have any more isolated place. They couldn't just run down to the Shaw's. They couldn't go to a Sam's club and say, hey, let's buy it in bulk. Imagine what it's going to be to be able to feed 5,000 besides women and children. Probably teenagers in there, so bump it up to 20 or 25,000, the amount of food that's necessary. He says, give them to eat. Listen, it's an isolated place. They would have to physically be sent away to be able to get physical provision as we look down through here. It's what the Bible says in verse 35. This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Now, here's what I want us to look at, and you'll start to see we'll make some application here to be able to apply to our individual and personal lives. I want you to see the impossibility of this task. What would you say if Jesus looked at you and said, feed them? I think I could come up with every excuse under the sun. Lord, you know, I I really got to get going. Uh, My schedule won't allow me to do it. We don't have enough. And they started making excuses too. The Bible says this. Now, as we look at it, verse 37, where Jesus says, give ye them to eat, They say unto him, verse 37, shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to eat? Now, 200 penny worth, you say, well, that's not much. Well, let me just give you this little bit of history. If you go back and understand in Bible times, a penny was the old word denarius, okay? It was one day's labor. Can you imagine working? I know you feel like you do it today. You work all day long, you get a penny at the end of the day. One penny. Working all day long, that's just general labor. That's not specialty. One penny. So 200 penny worth is the equivalent to 200 days of labor to be able to feed them. Now, 
It's estimated that maybe 200 days, 200 penny worth might be able to feed the 5,000. But do you understand the Bible says that there were 5,000 men besides women and children. So in John chapter 6, when Jesus asks them and says, give you them to eat, Philip steps up in John chapter 6 and he says 200 penny worth is not sufficient for them to even have a little. Now you think about this, you say, well, 200 pennies, that's not going to do much. That's $2 worth, okay? As we look at it today. So a year's worth of labor, if we start looking at it, they say you take out all the Sabbaths and everything that they would not work and the Passovers and the weeks that they were off. They said they had about 300 work days a year. And so 300 penny worth would be an entire year's wages. So I said, Lord, what would that compare to today? Can I bring it over into New Hampshire? As of 2020, two years ago, when the census was taken and everything, and they got whatever numbers they were able to, the New Hampshire medium household income, this is where two or three people working in the house, is right at $77,923. That's the New Hampshire median household income. Now, if you break that down by the days, that's an average of $213 per day per house here in New Hampshire. So I said, they're saying 200 days worth of labor is not enough to be able to feed this crowd. So to bring it over into modern day, we're talking about $42,697 worth of income in modern day was not enough to be able to feed this crowd. Now you think about it. If you said, Pastor, we're putting on a banquet and we need to feed 10,000 people. Can I say this? It'd be real difficult for 10,000 people on a $40,000 budget to get that down to $4 per person. It'd be tough. Now, the one thing they had going for them is they didn't have to rent a facility. (laughs) Just sit down where you're at, and we're just going to eat out here on the side hill. Do you understand the impossibility of this task? That Jesus is looking at his disciples and saying, give ye them to eat, and they're saying, but Lord... You want us to go buy 200 penny worth of bread, 200 days worth of labor to be able to feed them, and that's not enough that they can all just take a little. And the Lord said this. Now listen, here's what we sit back sometimes and be able to say, Lord, look at what we're trying to do next door, what God's leading us to be able to do. Hey, if I had a million dollars today, that wouldn't be enough to be able to take care of that. You know something? You're right. The same way they're saying... 200 penny worth isn't enough. You know what the Lord came back and asked them? After they said, this isn't enough, we can't buy enough, we don't have access to enough, he came back and said, well, what do you have? You see, so many times we sit back and we're so concerned with, God, I don't have this, when God is saying, okay, what do you have? So they go, I I like to imagine it took place like this. I think there's that one little boy 
that just likes to be in the middle of everything. I won't name names. We got a couple around our church that they'll just come up if adults are talking. They just come up and they'll just stand there and listen. They just like to be in the middle of it. You ever see kids like that? They just want to come up. They want to be in the middle of everything. If you're digging a stump out back, they want to be out there. They cause more hassle than they do help, but they want to be part of it. You got to teach them to swing an axe at some point. Cut that stump out of there. Let them grab that chain and start pulling. Got to beef them up somehow. They want to be around. I see this little lad. He's over there. And all day long. Don't, hey, listen. If you've got Bible for how this took place, don't share it with me because I like my story better. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I see this little boy all day long. He's just worked his way towards the front. He's worked his way. He scooted. He scooted. He got over here. And he's up towards the front. And he overhears this conversation of Jesus and the disciples. Now listen, I entitled this Little as Much. And this little boy's been listening to Jesus teach all day long. Somehow, now whether he overhears the conversation or the disciples start going through this entire crowd saying, what do you have to eat? Jesus is asking. What do you have to eat? They come back and there's a young lad. He said, I've got my lunch. But Jesus can have it. Now understand this, he had five loaves, two small fishes. Some have tried to explain it away and say, boy, these loaves of bread must have been six feet long. Some say that, that these two fish, listen, they must have been stripers out of the Atlantic. I mean, they were 60 inches long. You got to understand, this is a, a lad's lunch. This is something that a young lad has been carrying with him for the day and waiting for the time to be able to eat it. But then he hears there's a need. And I want you to see this investment of a lad. Now, whether the disciples came out asking or whether he overheard that there was a need there, I see this young lad, listen, just full of faith. He'd been listening to Jesus and walked up and said, I've got five loaves and two fish. If Jesus can use them, here they are. Do you understand he could have kept two loaves for himself? He could have kept one fish for himself and said, listen, Jesus can have the rest of it. What he gave that day created an immediate need in his life. You say, what was that need? That boy was hungry. He just gave his entire lunch and said, Jesus, would you take this? And I thought in our hearts and lives, now, now you know why I get, I took, we received the offering before I preached this? Because some of y'all would have been thinking he's just preaching this message to get a bigger offering. That's why we took it up ahead of time. And I started looking through this passage. Listen, it wasn't about what the disciples didn't have, but it was about what the young lad had. And he took what he had the Bible says he placed it in the hands of Jesus. And the Bible says Jesus took it, okay? He took it. And the Bible says, and we could read it over in John chapter number 6, but it says he took it in his hands and he blessed it. And then he broke it, started pulling that bread apart, gave it to the disciples, and they started distributing. 
Now, what would you think if I stood up here with five loaves? I'm, I'm, I believe they were just small little pieces of cake. Five small loaves, two small fishes, and I started breaking that apart, and everybody started eating off that. And you got to the point of saying, I can't eat another bite. Don't bring it by again. Apostles, John, I'm telling you, don't walk by here with that fish again. Don't walk by here with that bread again. Now, here's where the miracle came in. All 5,000 plus women and children ate and were filled... And then Jesus said, go back and get the fragments that remain. Pick up the leftovers. Here's why I think the disciples had their lunch earlier. They had 12 baskets. Where'd they get 12 empty baskets out in a desert place? I just wonder if the disciples ate their lunch out of their basket and the Lord said, you've got an empty basket, now go fill it up. Do you understand they walked through that crowd picking up the pieces of fish and bread and filled 12 baskets of leftovers. Do you understand they had more leftover than what they started with? Now you say, Pastor, that's why I don't read the Bible. I mean, it's stories like this. No, but you'll believe about a statue that's crying that's made of wood. Oh, that's a miracle. Well, what about having God in the flesh that's blessing it and breaking it and then 12 baskets left over? Listen, there's just one word to describe it, and it's the word miracle that the Lord Jesus Christ did while he was here on this earth. You say, Pastor, what's that even got to do with us whatsoever in 2022? I don't even like people, let alone be around 5,000 of them. I'm not inviting them over for lunch. I'm not feeding them, and I don't even like fish. What's that got to do with me? It's not about what we don't have today. It's about what we do have. And saying, Lord, if you can use it, take it. Do you understand that that young lad was one that ate just like everybody else did? And I believe he was filled and ate as much as he possibly could. You know why? There's a song in our songbook called Little is Much When God is in it. And God can take our little bit meager supply and be able to say, well, because I've thought about it. I had several people, and I made mention of this a few weeks ago. We've been praying for $90,000 today. I brought that up a few weeks ago, $90,000. You say, how is that? Well, that's to pay off the loan of the property and then $25,000 for the architects. That's what they've put through for an estimate on that. Be able to set that aside, $90,000. You say, Pastor, what in the world? And some have said, well, what's $90,000 in relation to what the cost of that's all going to be to be able to fill up? That's not on me. Because here's what I've got to do. I've got to be responsible. I want to have the faith of this little lad that said, Lord, here it is, and I'm putting it in your hands, and God supplied every need to be able to take care of things. That's just the God that we serve. Can I say he's just as alive and well and providing today as he did on that hillside 2,000 years ago? 
Can I say this? He's willing to provide a whole lot more than just your next meal. And I'll close with this, all the way back to the first point. Jesus understood there was a spiritual need long before there was a physical need. Now listen, I'm looking forward to the day. I know several around the church are. I'm looking forward to the day we got a kitchen next door. I'm looking forward to the day that we can spread out and we can feed three, 400 people at one time and they're all sitting down in chairs and not in shifts. I'm looking forward to the day. Listen, our kids are coming in there. Our Patch the Pirate Club on a Thursday night. And you know something? If Jordan and Courtney want to play a game with them, they have a gym next door to be able to go and bounce a basketball or to be able to play steal the bacon or be able to do something out there in that gym. I'm looking forward to all of that. Can I say this? I'm so much more looking forward to being able to tell every one of them that walk in that building about a Jesus that loves them about a Jesus that died for them, about a Jesus that paid for every one of their sins for all of eternity, and if they would just call upon the name of the Lord, guess what? They'd be saved for all of eternity. You say, well, Pastor, you can spiritualize everything, can't you? Hey, you know something? The message isn't going to change. Whether I'm standing in this auditorium or another auditorium, the message is still going to be the same. Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. Jesus rose from the dead for you. And Jesus wants to save you for all of eternity. You say, Pastor, I believe the church ought to be about feeding the poor. So do I. I believe we ought to do that. But don't forget the spiritual need that people have. Listen, little is much. You say, well, what can I do? I can just do a little bit. Well, praise the Lord. Let's do it. And let's see what God will do. Hey, I made mention. I wasn't ashamed of it. Two weeks ago, I said, listen, there's some here that can write out a $50,000 check. I can't. But you might be able to. Some can write out a million-dollar check. I don't know. Five-dollar check. I still remember the day this. Listen, one of our young men, I said, it's going to come one dollar at a time. And there was one of our young men that night walked to the back to that offering and and grabbed an envelope and wrote his name and put one dollar on it. Slid it down in there. He said, there's the first one. I said, the Lord will take care of the rest of it. Listen, little is much. I want us to encourage and strengthen our faith this morning in the God that we serve on what he is able to do. Not what you're able to do, not what I'm able to do, but what he's able to do. Now, I'll close with this. Maybe our visitors are here and you say, yeah, pastor, this is the most unique service I've ever been in. You most of all ought to be as encouraged as anybody here this morning, believing that there's still a church that still serves a God that's able to do it. Hey, we're not rolling up the sidewalks at Granite State Baptist. We're not saying it's over with. I haven't even said anything about the election on Tuesday. (laughs) Hey, do you know the direction we're heading? Hey, God's still alive and well. And I, I just believe, and listen, there's a church right here at 236 Sheep Davis Road that still believes there's a God in heaven that will save souls, that will change lives, will put families back together, that you can still have a joy in serving God, and you can still be happy coming to church, excited about what God's going to do. We still believe it around here, and we still believe that God's able. Little is much when God's in it. 